0: This is Opinionated, a roundtable debate that fascinates with each new thought-provoking guest, the place to convey strong ideas and at times the casual controversy. Join Features Editor Ben Schiller and reporters Anna Batakova and Danny Nelson as they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Hi everybody. I'm Ben Sher, this is Opinionated and here also are Anna Bodakova. Hello. And Danny Nelson. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hello. Good, good, good. So this is Thursday in New York and we're recording this as a movement is taking hold. This is the Constitution DAO and this is a project that's seemingly coming out of nowhere in the last week and it now has 8,000 people in its Discord group and $40 million in Ethereum. and it's all coming to a culmination tonight. D-Day, when the group is going to be buying uh, one of the two remaining copies of the US constitution, that HALO that, that, uh, document is going to become part uh, of this DAO, which has sprung from nowhere, and is really an interesting phenomenon. Danny, I know you have sort of mixed thoughts about this, because on the one hand, it's sort of a spontaneous outpouring of, of passion about this constitution and about DAOs in general. You have mixed thoughts about it. Do you want
1: to just tell the audience about that? Sure. And let me start with two disclosures. One, I, I have uh, aped in to the Constitution. Oh, Are you one donated, of those people? I have, I have donated um, only $10 more than it took me to pay in gas. So uh, just, oh, just
2: And to, it took you like $100. So how much? <laughs>
1: it took me about, it, the gas was about $50. So I, I, I donated $60, paid $50, and I'm $110. And what will I have to show for it? I won't have what I thought I would, because as Ben alluded to, this group, which... Uh, sprang together in the last week with the intention to buy the only first edition copy of the Constitution that remains in private hands, but one of 13 remaining from the first edition printing, copies that were that were handed out to delegates in 1789 in Philadelphia. Right. So this is certainly a, an historical document, but the plan originally was to get all this money together, go to Sotheby's, buy the thing, and then, you know, figure out what to do with it. As this amorphous Twitter joke converged into a real idea with a chance of doing that, it now has $40 million for an auction that is expected to go between 15 and 20. They've kind of had to make some concessions realizing that, oh, well, if you fractionalize ownership of the constitution, that's probably going to be a security and they don't really want to have a securities issue with what was meant to be a fun little project. And other things that have kind of brought to light, at least in my mind, really what a DAO is and how it works because this ramshackle idea has moved so quickly out of necessity in the last week.
2: Wait, so initially it was meant to be like a share in a fund that owns the constitution. This was what you initially hoped to get, Danny? Or you hoped to, to get the piece of the document?
1: When I put my money in, I just thought, why the hell not? I just thought, this is just in. I've got this ETH just sitting there, whatever. Why not? What the original plan was to do was to actually fractionalize the document and basically say, well, if you have some of these, they're calling them people tokens, then you have ownership position in this document, which entitles you to have a say in what happens to the document. So presumably if there's a vote, if you own a part of it, you could propose that someone eats it. And if that vote were to go through, then it would be eaten or burnt. Uh, I'd prefer for it to be eaten. I think that would be funnier. If it's burnt, it's a little too political.
2: Doesn't um, sound safe <laughs> to
1: me. It's probably made of parchment. I'm not sure if it's on paper or on like leather, like the Torah is written on. So I'm not sure. I think it's on parchment. Yeah.
2: Actually, can we take a step back? I don't have like huge knowledge of uh, the history of the US Constitution, so. If they succeed and they buy that antique document, it will be like the second publicly available original copy of the Constitution after the one that is in the National Archives?
1: Yes. So from my understanding, I've watched National Treasure and National Treasure 2, so I will say that. My understanding of how this works, there is a copy of the Constitution in the National Archives in D.C., and that is, you know, whatever it means to be the official one, that's the one. This is not that. This is an addition that was, I believe, given out in Philadelphia in 1789 I think the Constitutional Convention to the delegates saying, okay, this is, after all this months and months, this is the document that we're going to sign and ratify. And this is going to be the way that America is structured from a governance perspective. So it is not the official National Archives Constitution, but it is about as close as you can get for a document that can be in private hands. yeah.
2: But like all the other copies ended up in private hands, right? So
1: from my reading, it seems like there are 13 remaining copies from this first printing, and 12 of them are held by museums or other entities where they're made available to the public. And this is the only one that was in private hands. It was held in the collection of some antiquities, fan, I guess. And he died in the 80s. His wife continued to hold it. And now she's selling it. So this is the only of its kind that's in private hands still.
2: Oh, I see. Okay, thank you for explaining. There's a sort
0: of irony here that, you know, this greatest governance document in the world, famous founding document of the United States is now being governed by an alternative governance system that is much less arguably organized than the United
1: States was. Do you think this is the future of governance, uh, Danny, or do you think this is a step backwards? It's too early to say either way. I'd say, from what I've seen, I've I've been reading the Discord chat a while. We shouldn't read too much into, you know, what this will mean for decentralized autonomous organizations, other than to say this is going probably to be a watershed moment in publicity for this idea of a DAO. Because, I mean, what a DAO is, you have a bunch of internet friends, as the Wall Street Journal called it getting together without having you know a king or a CEO or a head so to speak and trying to accomplish a thing if sure. let's say you need to spin up a website well you put that in the discord or you put that you do a call on github and someone does it you want to debate like achieving some things someone else does it what I've found though and this shouldn't really be a surprise in, in looking at the, the discord chat is It's really, if something gets super popular like this is, it's impossible to efficiently achieve a goal if you have 8,000 voices clamoring away. Not because all 8,000 are going to be just bothering you because they want their freaking token, but because you need to have some sort of way to streamline, I guess, to centralize the decision-making. And that has been what we've seen in this group they've kind of realized, okay, well, we can't just have everyone at this stage voting or chiming in on every decision. There are things that we just need to do to move forward to achieve the goal of buying the constitution. And then the central issue, and I think that the central governance issue at this point is, what do we do with it once we have it, is going to be the one that will be determined through the wisdom of the crowd.
0: I mean, it was interesting. Uh, our own uh, colleague, uh, Andrew Thurman, uh, was writing about this this week, and he was talking about reaching out to the DAO. And, and normally with a company, you would get sent to the press office and there would be a press spokesperson that would give you a quote or, or whatever you need. In this case, they didn't have anyone to do that. And it was unclear about how the group should be communicating with the, with the press, which is now you know, crazy about the story, because it's a real phenomenon or, or actually a movement. But what do you think the kind of large trend here is? Because, I mean, I mean, arguably, this has really been a year of the, the DAO, the De- Decentralized Autonomous organizations, is very linked to the NFT phenomenon as well. For several years, it seems like DAOs were really dismissed as a crypto idea and they were never going to take off and people thought they had coordination problems. And then suddenly this year, uh, this is like the, the hot new thing and everyone's getting jobs with DAOs or doing services with DAOs. And, and it seems to be this sort of collective upwelling of kind of democratic passion. So do you think this is a positive thing or
1: something we should still be skeptical about? I mean, I think that this is a positive thing, I guess. Like it's hard to make a judgment call on what this is or isn't. This is a big moment for publicizing the idea of stringing together a bunch of strangers to achieve a common goal on the internet. You know, the crypto angle. Well, let's think about what crypto has actually done for this. Decentralized autonomous organization, in the, I guess it's weird to say, traditional sense for a, a notion that is like a year or two old. In the traditional sense, what makes decisions on chain and those decisions are recorded on a blockchain and visible to everyone, and all the transparency and immutability ideals are baked in there. That isn't present here at all yet because this is a week in the making. So, what you have instead are a lot of people gathering together to do a thing without that crypto backbone just yet. And crypto in this case is really just, well, we need to buy the document. How are we going to do it? Crypto donations. You wouldn't be able to see this type of funding come together so quickly from all these different sources without crypto. But the central idea behind a DAO and a blockchain isn't yet there.
2: I'm really curious to see what's to happen with all these multiple DAO projects because, uh, well, my theory is the whole concept of a community of people who own tokens and vote, which has economic value and they vote with them, will be very problematic for any projects that first, have a short-term limited time frame and second, have something to do with real money people will manage to have these projects effectively you know centralized in a group of people who are involved enough and interested enough to vote while the rest of the community as you know as in any society will probably be quite passive and if you look you know on some real decentralized communities like you know the bitcoin developers for example you can see that the decision making in a decentralized community is like utterly slow daunting unsexy process that takes months and years, and then finally the decision gets implemented. So it won't be like fast and slick and beautiful, but there will be a lot of economic and interest and power play in such projects, I guess, because if you have a lot of tokens, wouldn't you want to have a lot of power in the DAO and like push your decisions through? Of course you would. And another
1: question that I really have in all this, because we're talking about the constitution, a political organizational document, I think it's very valid for us to think about how power is distributed or will be distributed in a group like this. From what it appears, let's say you donate, I donated $60, I'm going to get, I think, 12,000 people token. If I donated a full ETH, I would get a whole lot more. So what that implies is that ultimately the more token you have, the stronger your say will be. That's not new in crypto governance. You see that everywhere. But when you have something like with the constitution, a document that enshrines a system of government and has, we should say, it does not equally dole out the power to vote. It's a document that says only basically land-owning white men can vote, but it changed over time. Regardless it does basically say one person, one vote. One wonders here, wouldn't it be more of a democratic ideal to say, well, one wallet, one vote or something like that. Of course, you could then obviously skirt around that system by donating from two wallets or three or four. But the point remains, if I'm going to donate, let's just say a million dollars to this organization to buy it, I'm now going to have a very substantial say, whereas someone else who's buying into this Autonomous organization has a vote that really doesn't matter.
2: Is there a way to see how many really big wallets like Ethereum whales contributed to the DAO and what is their share of the whole treasury?
1: Well, so they're doing the fundraise essentially on a platform called Juicebox. And as the donations come in, it doesn't say this wallet donated that. There is a stream that indicates how much is being donated in real time. And those donations are on-chain actions. And so therefore, I believe that one could rather easily, if they know how to do it, suss out where the power lies. It's not hidden at the moment, but these are certainly not like attributed to individuals. It's just wallet addresses. But it's interesting you, you draw that kind of analogy between the original constitution and that the three-fifths compromise, That's- where the slaves were given partial... The slaves were given no citizenship and no voting rights. It was that the, uh, the states would be apportioned more power, were three-fifths of a person. So right. they had more, in the halls of Congress, they had more representative power because of that, but the slaves didn't have any votes.
0: Right, it wasn't one person, one vote, like we have now, and uh, that's not what the DAOs have, it's not one person, one vote, it's whatever tokens you have, and then you get your proportional voting power. Yes,
1: I guess in that way, it is
0: almost like a landowning situation. Yeah, but that's interesting. So, so you're you're questioning the idea of DAOs being pure democracy if if it's really just about like buying power.
1: Yeah, I I think that that's more valid in this instance because this is not some decentralized exchange that is going to be performing an action that will generate revenue. This is we're going to buy the constitution and then we're going to decide what to do with it. And from what my understanding, they're not deciding to then sell it again. Is not on the table. So this is not a money-making enterprise. And therefore, I think that it's more valid to think about governance questions.
2: Well, actually, I think there are so many interesting questions to ask about this particular DAO. Like, who are the people who form this core group? You know, what, what we know about them? What we know about the structure of funding? And are there ways to really, like, transparently track from the moment the investments are made to, to the moment they are actually used maybe to buy that constitution copy. I think this whole bunch of questions can serve a, a really uh, instructive lesson on how this kind of thing should or shouldn't function. And I'm curious to see what next and, and if they will be able to win the auction. That, that's very intriguing if they will get that constitution copy at the end
0: it sounds like they have double the asking price so they uh, have plenty of firepower all right i think we had a good chat about this and it's going to be fascinating to see how the dow phenomenon uh, goes from here and my prediction for 2022 such as it is is that dow's will own public companies in the following year that will you- be a shit show
2: That would be quite a mess. Yeah, very excited about that.
1: You have, like in Wyoming, this effort to actually constitute DAOs as a legal entity. There was actually a case that the SEC has slapped, told off one project for not properly registering their tokens or not fully disclosing. And so, you know, maybe so. Maybe there will be DAOs that try to to buy up a slice of public companies. But as soon as you try to play in that world, you're going to have a whole wealth of issues. So that's going to be from the compliance standpoint, not to be too much of a downer, but I'm looking forward to covering the clash of the SEC and the DAO.
0: You're, you're thinking too small, Danny. This is going to take oh, yes. over completely. There's going to be a few wrinkles and a few uh, run-ins with the SEC, but uh, these DAOs are going to really uh, take on the world. I
1: don't I know. Do you, do you want to live in a society where billions and billions of people, where real-world decisions fall upon this sort of kind of anarchical mass of voices in a what, discord? What do you think or, democracy is? We live in that world already, apparently.
2: Well, we, we we're not. We, we do what we <laughs> Well, don't. we're
1: supposed to be. We, we're supposed to be. but We still have, like, we've, we've kind of agreed amongst ourselves that we have these rails to kind of make our voices more efficient. Do they really work in representing people? Arguably not, but... Is it better than everyone just having a gun and an opinion? Well, that's America for you. So I guess well, that's, that's <laughs> where we are. You sound um, like a
0: monarchist uh, here. I think you'd be happy with uh, Charles III or something.
1: Uh, Charles III, yes, absolutely. All right,
0: uh, we're going to wrap this up. It's opinionated. And that was Anna Bedekova. Bye, everyone. And that was Danny Nelson. Thank you, Danny. Long live uh, the king. Long live the king. And <laughs> long live the queen. I'm Ben Schiller. this is Opinionated and thanks for listening and check us out on all good podcast channels and at coindesk.com. Talk to you again. Bye. You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Barakova and Danny Nelson. Today's show is produced, announced and edited by Michelle Mousseau. Our theme music is by Ellison. Have any questions or comments? Please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks
1: for listening.